What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode three of the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Ty Reeves. And today we'll be talking about life as a Division three soccer player with my good friend and former teammate, Matt French. Matt, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing, brother? Man, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm chilling. <laughs> it is what it is out here. <laughs> so just, <laughs> so introduce yourself to the people. Tell them where you're from and where you play and all that good stuff. All right. But so my name is Matthew French, you know. You call me Frenchy, but I'm from Jamaica. I was born there 2001, lived there for like six, seven years. And I came here 2009. Uh, I've been playing soccer pretty much all my life. My brother played soccer, my dad played soccer. So I, it was just a thing. I just followed in the footsteps and just it was just came natural to me. But uh, I played at West Haven High School and now I play at Albertus Magnus College in New Haven. So, yeah. Where, where, where? So you you talked about it a little bit. You said you're from Jamaica, yes, and sir. you know your dad and your brother played soccer. You know my man Nikolai. Yes, sir. But uh, <laughs> when, like you already said, you started as a kid. But how much did you play as a kid? Uh, pretty much like often, because like when you're in Jamaica, there's not much to do besides go outside and play. You know, so I was with my brother all the time. He he's always go out like with his older friends and play. So I would just go with him. So like it was like an everyday thing. Like around three o'clock, we just leave the house and go play. Where, where, where? So obviously, you came when you come to the states when you were seven or eight. Yeah, just about. Yeah. So I, I think I met you when we were like ten or eleven, and we played a little bit of rec soccer yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, talk, like ten. <laughs> talk about talk about that. You know that kind of phase. You're moving from you know playing with the kids in your town to mm-hmm. then playing travel and then end up getting to high school. Kind of like that middle school age. Yeah, like to be honest, it was like a really different experience because when you play in Jamaica, it's a lot like more of a rougher like people play a lot more rough you feel me so mm-hmm. like when i came here it was like it wasn't as hard to make a bigger transition because like at that age that i was at kids weren't really like playing as rough as i was because like i was already used to that but the transition was it was a good one to be honest for me i definitely i definitely feel that man you know when we played when we played we were really killing it we back dominated then. over there <laughs> But obviously, I I know how your high school experience was. Yeah, but to man. everybody else that's listening, how 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 would you describe your high school soccer experience, bro? If I could describe it in one word, it would just be fun. To be honest, and like the the people that I've met during soccer, like I feel like you guys are gonna be my brothers for life. Like like it was just a fun experience all around. Night, uh, playing soccer like my favorite sport with my favorite people it was just a great experience overall. Like we need have we had the best season just a few seasons, but that was probably the like the most fun season that we had, and you know exactly what season I mean. <laughs> most definitely, man. That, that season was amazing, bro. Honestly, I, I miss I miss playing high school soccer so yeah, much, man. bro. Me too, me too. But um, if you could change one thing about our high school soccer experience, what what would that one thing be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh. I have no idea, to be honest, about high school soccer. Nah, to be honest, the refs, because the refs were garbage. <laughs> the refs are garbage. The refs, the refs were terrible. <laughs> if, if anybody from, like, the CT refing committee is listening to this, man, you need to hire some new refs. They, they really be lacking. over so many times. It's crazy. I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> we've lost games because of terrible refs. Yep. 
But um, obviously, you played four years at West Haven High. Mm-hmm. We played three years together. Yeah. Had some good seasons, had one bad one. Yeah. So we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> when when did you really know, like, hey, I want to play soccer at the college level? Uh, so, you know, as you said before, like, we played with Coach Pete. Like, Coach Pete was our um coach there. And he talked to me a lot about soccer. Like, during my senior year of uh, high school, he was talking to me a lot about it and, like, it was him that kind of pushed me to, like, the college route because at first I didn't really want to go to college, but he would talk to me about it a lot, and, like, he actually helped me to make that decision to go to college. And my brother was also a big part of that too because he never went to college to play soccer, and he always wanted to. So he, he gave he like, told me to go and, like, not miss out on that opportunity. So, yeah, that's why I went. So, obviously, you know, we played under Coach P in high school. Yeah. You know, we had that great run where – you know, we lost to Glastonbury in the second round, which I still believe we would have we, played we them on. Yeah. yeah, we played them on turf. We would have won, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, how does this feel to, you know, play under Coach Pete again and also reunite, you, you know, reunite Yo. with our former teammates like Salah, Abdul, Marcus, Starfield, and now? It feels great because, like it, like, it doesn't even feel like a big transition from moving to West Haven High to Albertus because, like, it's just, like, family there. You feel me? It's just a family environment. So, it's just a great experience. And I learned a lot under Coach Pete uh, when he taught me in high school. And I feel like he's the best coach that I've ever had so far. So to go back to him again in college is just a great thing. Nice. I definitely agree, man. Yeah. Co- coach Pete was – he was that guy. He's a, he's a top-level coach. He's a top-level coach. That's facts. So obviously you said, like, the transition was a little bit smoother because you're going into a family environment, obviously with a coach you already played under. But what, what adjustments did you have to make to play at the next level? Uh, it's a lot more work compared to high school. Way more staying in shape, way more, like, fighting for your position. Because if you slack at all, there's always somebody who's ready to take your position. It's not like in high school because, you know, in high school, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah. But in college, if you don't work your hardest every day, then somebody will work harder than you and take your spot, and nobody's going to sit there and baby you about it. It's just a lot of hard work that, like, you didn't have to really put in as much in high school. So, yeah, that's that was the biggest transition for me. Now, obviously, like you said, man, like, your spot's always up for grabs. So what, what changes have you had to make to your game as far as, like, skill-wise? Ooh, uh... I had to become way more confident in trying to beat a man 1v1 because that was something, like, I was never fully confident in, like, because I never really worked on my, like, ball control and stuff like that. So I never really wanted to perform, like, tricks and stuff in games. So when I went to college, that was something Coach Pete talked to me about. It was, like, if you have a man on the wing or something, always try and go by him, always try and beat him if you think that you can. So the thing that I worked on the most was the close control footwork uh i did that a whole lot so that i would have just better control of the ball when trying to take on players man you was beating people in high school though with just that one touch man <laughs> it was in high school some of the defenders we went up against high school where or you know weren't that stellar if i say so but um obviously like i said salah and abdul arguably some of the most dominant players we played with in high school and the games I've been to, they dominate the college game. Mm -hmm. How does, how does it feel to be able to watch them grow? Um, Like it's crazy because seeing Salah like progress, he's, he's always been like a star like since high school, but you can tell that he's still gotten better and he still loves the game. Like every day he still works hard. Like 
Well, it's, it's, he works hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he works hard. But yeah, Abdul, he's the same guy. He works even harder, to be honest. He's always in the gym, always trying to get me to go in the gym with him, always telling me to come to the field with him, always giving me workouts. So, so it's like it's good to have them around because they're good influences to have. Like if you're trying to play soccer, like that, they're they're the perfect people to look up to. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Abdul is obviously he he's probably if yeah. not the okay. hardest, one of the most hardest people or hardest working people I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Not even just on the field, but off the field yeah, as well. Machine in the classroom, and, all that. And and we know how how Salah is on the field. Man. Like, <laughs> it's a beast. Whether it was Division One, Division Three, mm-hmm. you know, even at the athletics tryouts, you know, absolute scoring beast. seven goals, absolute beast. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know if anybody from UConn soccer will hear this, but you guys missed out on a gem with Salah, man. That's you know, a fact. definitely missed out. That's a fact. But take us through a typical a typical game day at Alberta. It's a typical home game. How do you start your day off? And then by the time game time comes, what do you do to prep before it? And what do you do to recover after? Uh, so for me, it depends on like what day it is. Because usually we'll have our games on the weekends or we'll have one during the week. So I'll have classes in the day. So we'll start off with like if I have classes. So, you know, I'd wake up, you know, eat breakfast. I'd have to eat breakfast because, you know, most important meal, meal of the day. Then go to classes for the most part all day. I've been listening to music because music is what always gets me into mood and ready to play. So for, yeah, that's usually what's, or I'm watching film to be honest from my last film, my last game. I mean, but yeah, that's usually what I do to get prepared for the weekend games for the week games for the weekend games though. I usually wake up earlier in the morning. It's like on Saturdays, I wake up earlier, eat breakfast, get ready, watch a few like games, films, uh, like try to talk to coaches and see if there's anything specific he want me to do in this game or something like that. So, like as soon as I wake up, it's always planning for what I want like to be successful for the game later that day. Right. So obviously, you talked about film, and we we didn't have much film at, at West Haven. You know yeah, how it no. is, but. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But what player do you really idolize and, you know, want to create and almost mold your game after? Obviously, I watched a lot of Paul Pogba mm-hmm. in high school, and that, that was my guy who I wanted to play like in the midfield. But who who do you look at? Uh, well, as, as a young kid, I always watched Ronaldo, obviously, you know. Uh, Paul Pogba is my favorite player right now, too, because he's just – a absolute beast. He's just a formidable opponent. <laughs> but uh, to match my position, like right now, I would want to play a lot, like shape my game after like Jaden Sancho, because he's he's just like a great team player and like he is a threat almost every single game, and that's what I want to be on the field. So, you, you know, you, you kind of ran us through a basic game day. You know, you said it's weekend games, you wake up early. Mm-hmm. You know, weekdays, you have class, and then you watch film. But tell us about an experience that you've had playing for Albertus that has really been your favorite thing so far. Ooh. Uh, I, the first win of the season, to be honest, because our first win was in – we played Maine, I believe. So it was a six-hour bus ride to get there. So for us to get there, like be on the bus for six hours, get out, play well, and beat them, beat them three two, I believe, at their home was just 
a great thing for and for it to be the first game of the season. Obviously, the bus ride back was lit <laughs> for straight six hours. So yeah, that was that's one moment I'm never uh, gonna forget. Definitely. So you talked a little bit about the bus rides, and obviously we were used to maximum an hour bus yeah. rides, you know. But <laughs> six hours is a long time. So how how do you how do you kind of stay focused on the way up? Because six hours is definitely yeah. a troop. Uh, yeah, like I said before, music is one thing that always keeps me focused. Uh, but like, I don't like to be completely serious the whole time because that like staying being too focused on the game sometimes makes you want like mess up when you get to it. I feel like you just gotta loosen up, you know, think about some other things sometimes, maybe play a game or something, get your mind off the game and just relax, to be honest. Because the more you stress about it, the more stressful it's going to be in the moment. And the more you're, more, more li- you're most likely to mess up, to be honest. You feel me? Yeah, definitely. I remember, you know, we were on our way to Shelton in the SEC final. We had that bus yep, jumping. Yep. And that was, that was you know, we're, we're, we're pulling up to the to East Haven High School. We're and yelling. Shelton's right in front of us. And they're looking at us like, what the hell? And, and we, you know, we're out here jumping up and down, you know, we were, yelling. We were to turn the music was, down. Coach P told us to turn it back up. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was yep. crazy. Good memory. That was man. that's great memory. But um, obviously you you talked about music and we listened to a whole bunch of stuff on the bus. But what what are what are three artists that you know are in your game day playlist right now? Right now, uh, we got NBA Youngboy for the hype music. You know to get me hype. Uh, who do I listen to a lot of right now? Lil Baby, I do listen to a lot of Lil Baby. And that new deluxe album he just dropped is fire. Um and Drake. 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 Yeah, I know. <laughs> but Drake. Now now just to get a little bit off topic, we um yesterday I actually recorded episode two and we talked a little bit about music. Yeah. And the topic the topic of Young Boy came up and my friend Onus was like he doesn't intentionally create his memes. And obviously I know you've seen all the yeah, yeah, yeah. all the videos of how young boy fans walk and how young boy <laughs> fans do this. True so comedy. do you think do you think he actually <laughs> creates these memes like on purpose with an intention? Or do you think he's just actually very passionate for what he does yeah. and the memes just kind of come with it? I think he's just really passionate. Like because he's not really into like being on social media that often. If he was like trying to create a meme, I feel like he would just be on Instagram and stuff like that all the time. But he doesn't really be on his social media unless he's producing music or something like that. I just think he's just really passionate about what he does. And it may look like he's doing something a little foolish. So people make a meme out of it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you wrapped up season one at Albertus. And, sure. you know, you got some experience under your belt. Sure. You're ready for season two. What is what is one your goal you hope to accomplish this upcoming season? This upcoming season, uh, at least 10 goals. I know that's like a little high, but I like to set my bar high. I want at least 10 goals and at least five assists. Some pretty big goals. I know. I could, you could definitely do that, man. I've, I've seen you play. Yeah, yeah. And I'm working I'm working my butt off to get to make sure I'm ready for this season, too. I definitely – I see you running by my house. <laughs> you know that. I would say I, I would say I join you, but, man, that's – Yeah. Nah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you because, like, I'd be feeling like I want to stop too, but (laughs) God, for Stuart. Don't miss, no, don't get me wrong, dude. I miss playing the game so much, Mm -hmm. honestly. I definitely thought times, like, in my head, like, damn, do I want to, you know, maybe try to experiment and see where I can go play? Mm -hmm. But 
I think I'm gonna lean more towards coaching. I obviously talked to you about that yeah. with coaching for uh, what's it called travel, but it didn't work out. I think my time my time on the the, the field is is dwindling. Yeah. <laughs> I can't run as fast no more, man. <laughs> nah, all right. I see you becoming a great coach, though. You know the game very well, to be honest. I need an assistant. I'm taking I'm, applications. I'm around. Know that. <laughs> Listen, as soon as we're done with college, we're going to hop on that coaching wave. Right. We're going to ask Coach P for all the advice in the world. Bet. And you know he'll give us one, too. So. That's facts. <laughs> so, like I said, season one underneath the belt. What is your favorite thing about being an Albertus Magnus Falcon? Uh, definitely the family atmosphere. Like, I literally don't, barely know these guys for a year, and I feel like they're my family already. Like, they're really my family. I, I feel like I could talk to most of them about anything. If I'm going through something, I know they're there for me. So that family atmosphere for sure is definitely it. All right, Willard. Um, so we're going to talk about this. I mean, we've already touched upon it as far as players we've played with. But who is the best player you've ever played with or against? With is definitely Salah. You know that. <laughs> um, Against, I don't even know who I – like the best player I've played against. Because like, usually when I play, I don't really – focus on my opponents that much to like their talent wise I just I'm just trying to win a game you know I definitely I definitely feel yeah. that because I can't even remember who yeah, exactly. we played against <laughs> that would be nice but exactly I'm just trying to win the game baby yeah that's it's facts dubs dubs over everything exactly so obviously we're gonna switch it up a little bit Yes, Love sir. talking to you about college soccer and what you've been through and what you, you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But let's switch it up a little bit because you and me are really big Premier League fans. You know that. And obviously, <laughs> there's no soccer right now. So you got to do something. You're, you're a big United fan, even yes, though they, they suck. But mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. What? No, sir. How, how, how would you, if you could give one through 10, yeah. if you could rate United's season so far, what are you guys sitting in? Fifth? Fifth right now, yeah. How, 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 one out of 10, what do you rate their season? 10. I'm going to give us a seven. Why? Because the improvement of so many of our players, if you think about it. If you look at our front line now, that's dangerous next year. We have Rashford, Martial, and Greenwood, and the possibility of adding Jaden Sancho. That's a scary front front line. That is very, that is very <laughs> scary. I'll it's give a you thing. that. And to think, if Paul Pogba doesn't leave, our midfield is looking terrifying too. Yeah, Bruno Fernandez, yeah. Pogba, exactly. Tomini. I'm just Tomini. But I oh, think God. it all, it all just like, it's all on if we make Champions League. To be honest, and I don't know, I don't know. You need to give more optimism, man. Like, I'm an Arsenal no, fan, look, I still think, I think we have a shot to make the Champions League. I think League. we can. I, like, I think we can beat teams, but like, it's because like the I don't know how like. The pandemic's gonna play out and stuff like that, so I don't know how everything's gonna go. But I think we can make the Champions League if our team doesn't start folding like we do sometimes <laughs> like, towards the end. But yeah, hopefully we make the Champions League and get who we gotta get because next season I think we're some dark we're some dark horses for the Premier League, the Prem. All right, let's let's switch it up just a little bit. We're gonna come back to the prem, but you talked right. about the coronavirus and how it's affecting the league. Yeah, obviously there's gonna be a vote. I think it was May May fourth or May fifth. Mm-hmm. They were gonna vote on what they want to do for the rest of the year. Yeah, but a lot of players and clubs have come out saying that they don't feel comfortable necessarily playing. So, do you think you would allow? What, what would, how would you handle the situation? 
with oh. some players wanting to play and others not wanting to play? Whew. That's a hard one, but to be honest, if it was me, I would let like play go on because it is an entertainment business. But I would also let it be like behind closed doors, like what we were doing before, because players are, are like under contract, so usually they're not going to be able to get as sick as like a regular civilian. You know, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what yeah. you're saying. So like, I would I would like allow them to play because if you're behind closed do- doors, only playing against other professional players who aren't being really being exposed to like other people like that, then it's rare that. They're like the virus would spread like that. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. That's my view on that. All right, coming coming back to United. Obviously, you guys signed Bruno Fernandez. Uh, Fernandez, that man's a beast. Yeah. Honestly, even you know, first game I, yeah, was it his I, first game? He scored? Uh, I think it was second game. He scored a penalty. Second game. Yeah, it's pen. So, do you think he's been the biggest impact you've had at United for the second half of the season, or do you think? You know, old Gunnar Solskjaer has just really figured it out with that team. Uh, I think both. I think Bruno is the reason that our team is definitely improving, but Ali's also the one that got him, got him there in the first place. So without him, the team wouldn't be improving. You see? You see? So yeah. yeah, he he's as soon as he came in, he made it like instant instant impact on our team, and. I it would I feel like since Ollie's been there, our team's also like been going in the right direction as well. Like some people don't see that, and some people don't believe that. But our records have been getting better, and our squad is definitely better than what our squad was before, like last year. So he's definitely doing a good job, and I definitely Bruno is definitely doing his job. So <laughs> yeah, nah, you guys. I'll give credit when it's due. You've obviously been playing better since Arsenal, you know. Yeah, we 2-0, 2-0. But, man, I, I have to say for Arsenal, man, you know, Mikel Arteta has really came in and uh, he's flicked the switch with us. I mean, yeah. we're sitting, I think, eighth now, but yeah. that's just because I don't know what happened with Emery, man. You know, last year we had that run of 26 mm-hmm. games unbeaten. Yeah, you guys were looking scary last year. And then it just went south, hey, honestly. I don't know what happened. But ever since Arteta's come in, man, you know, he got hey. Yang playing better. Lacazette working harder, who I don't think gets enough credit. Yeah, nah, Pepe Lac- starting to mm-hmm. tee up. Jaka's playing better, and he was a bum, bro. I mean, he was telling people to F off when he was yeah. walking off the field. But I feel like the whole culture yeah. of Arsenal has really changed since Mikel Arteta has walked through those doors as mm-hmm. a manager. Mm-hmm. I, so, move. Oh, yeah, you guys yeah, want to say you good. I was going to say, I feel like it's about to be Tottenham's turn to go downhill because they signed Jose. I said that was the worst move they could have done. Malcolm was like, oh, no, he, he didn't no, coach. That was definitely the worst right. move they could have done. They fired the best coach they ever had and signed the one that just got fired by us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, obviously, United fan kind of talked a little bit about the Champions League, but what do you think needs to happen in order for United to qualify? Ooh. Actually, is that ban still happening for – Man City, or is that they take that back? Uh, we they haven't announced anything yet. I think it's still at two years. Okay, so what do we need to so with do? that ban? You fall in, you we fall, fall into fourth. fourth. Yeah. All right. All right. So without the ban, uh, who's in fourth? Chelsea. To be honest, we just gotta beat Chelsea at that point. <laughs> we just gotta give up Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, 
I think I think right now it's Liverpool by like twenty points. Yeah. City, Leicester, then Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. you guys. Because Leicester had a like Leicester's having a great season. They are, man. Leicester's balling. Heck yeah. Really. I thought they were gonna, you know, make a run at Liverpool towards yeah. the beginning of the year, but Liverpool's obviously yeah. shown their dominance and yeah, I think I it's just Time, their time is due, dude. No, there's really nothing we can say to like, try to knock Liverpool. They, they brought in the players. Something. Yeah, they need to win something, they, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They have. They they need to win. Nah, they put in the work so, for it, so they deserve it. Yeah, true. So, obviously, United, Arsenal, every team in the league has their wish list. So, give us one player you wish you could buy or United would buy and one player you wish they would sell. Phil Jones gotta go. Oh God, <laughs> he's gotta go. Phil Jones is a walking meme, bro. <laughs> I don't know why he's still there, but he gotta go. Um, the player that would buy. Oof, oof, oof. Actually, I would buy um, Delic. Cause we need really, to, yeah. We like I feel like a center back. We need a center back pairing with uh. Why, did, why can't I remember his name? Maguire? Yeah. <laughs> why did I forget his name? <laughs> I forgot Maguire's name. But, like, because Maguire's had a pretty decent season. He, like, he's done what he's supposed to do. It wasn't outstanding by any means, but, like, he was better than what our center back parent was doing before. So, I feel like to have DeLick there, a young talent who's also considered to be a great leader, like, that's another center back we'll have for, like, another 10 years. So, even after Maguire is gone, we still have another world-class center back. You see? All right. Do you think that, what was it, $90 million they paid for Maguire? Do you think he was worth that? No, I do not. But I think time was running out, and we had to sign a center back, so we didn't really have much of an option. We had to pay it. So, All right. at that point. So, so you know, I've talked to a couple people at school, and I come to the conclusion that there is just a curse – over United right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but you you see, you signed to Pi what four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's balling in the Leon. Mm-hmm. You have Lukaku just left mm-hmm. balling at Inter. Yep. So do you think there's there's some sort of stigma or kind of pressure in the air that when you go to United, you're expected to perform right away? I, of course, it's because it's United. Like it's one of the biggest name clubs in the world. So when you when you get signed, especially for a lot of money, people are expecting you to come in and perform just like that, and that's like not always the case so like when when you come in and you're not performing to what you're supposed to be like the fans are automatically on it just like that so like your confidence starts to drop and i feel like that's what happens like to pie and like Maria and like other like players that we signed that didn't work out like our fans didn't back them enough and they just felt like they shouldn't be there anymore or like they weren't meant to be there anymore you feel me yeah, definitely. So obviously, you're very passionate about United. Can definitely tell with the knowledge. But if you could choose one team to support outside of United, what would that team be? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I would go maybe Juve. Maybe Juve. Juve, yeah. I like because like there's no like nothing bad about <laughs> Juventus really. It's just Juventus, the old ladies, you know? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I mean, Juventus is always – they play stellar football, and I mean, yeah. they've definitely proven they could buy the big players, but oh, yeah. it's also, you know, 
definitely make talent. And they look at Pogba, and they've definitely been at the top, like as, as top club for like how long now? A very long time now. What is it like seven yeah, years they, going? Yeah, like, that they've won. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, and then you know bringing in Ronaldo and yeah. and they have Dybala right now. It's crazy. I like that you brought up Dybala because obviously there's a lot of controversy. You know, there's a lot of memes where it was like, oh, Messi, Ronaldo's going to show you how to play with Dybala. And then there was that whole thing where he was going to Tottenham. Yeah. So if Dybala left, what team do you think would be a really good fit for him? Uh, Okay. Like, I know there was, there was like a rumor that he was going to United, but United is not a good fit for him because – I, like what Ali's trying to do, really. I think he's trying to get rid of all those like big name players that have a lot of contract, like a lot of money on their contract. And he's trying to like sign younger players, like players like Mason Greenwood, Juan Basaka, players like that, who he sees like in the future, but aren't you aren't paying too much money for. But uh, Dybala right now, the only other clubs that I see like affording him are like Barcelona, Real Madrid. But I feel like Barcelona would be like the most, the place that he would probably go, to be honest, to play with Messi. Because I, I don't even know. But Barcelona <laughs> is definitely, for some reason, I feel like Barcelona would be a good fit for him. Yeah. Well, Steph, obviously, Dybala's had a stellar career once he moved from, was it Palmo or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. to, to Juventus. Yeah. But obviously, there's been a little bit of controversy, you know, with Barca, they fired their coach, brought yep. in, I forgot his name, but he was, like, former coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a lot of young guys, Fati, Puig, and, you know, they're kind of looking at the Griezmann signing as kind of like, eh, do yeah. we really need to do this? They really didn't. And same thing with, um, what's his name, Coutinho, it's kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. why do we pay for him? So since we're talking about landing spots, obviously, yeah. Griezmann's still at Barca, Coutinho's on loan at Bayern. Mm-hmm. Where do you see those two going after this season? Uh, can't front. Newcastle is rich now. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, nah, but for Coutinho, I feel like maybe a move back to Liverpool. Maybe if they want him still, if they would still want him there. That would probably be, like, the best place. Uh, or you'd probably sign a permanent deal at Bayern if they wanted him. Because I don't see anybody else who's going to go in for Philippe Coutinho. To be honest, right. and who was the other person again? Griezmann. Griezmann. Uh, I could see Griezmann going to Man City. I feel like Pep would like him there because, like, I feel like him and Pep would have a good relationship. Because he's a hard yeah. worker, he scores goals. He's just a little older, but I feel like Man City is a good place for him. All right. So obviously, you brought up Newcastle. Mm-hmm. You've all seen the rumors that they have some Saudi yeah. Arabian buyer coming in. That's gonna, you know. Flip the club upside down with funds. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Newcastle went down into the, what was it, the Champions League or Champions Cup, whatever. Yeah, the, came back. What do you, how do you think them buying Newcastle will flip the Premier League? How do you think it will overall affect it? Uh, It's, it's going to be like a big change, especially if they end up like using all that money in the transfer window because – they already have a lot of money, so they can buy whatever they want. But we're coming off a pandemic where players are going to – like, the prices of players are definitely going to be changed because the whole the whole world's going to change after this whole pandemic. So it's all about, like, if they they have the money to spend and get whoever they want. But other clubs have to, like, really think about this type of stuff because they've been in charge already. But while he's, like, 
the Saudi Arabian uh, owners are coming into a new a new club. They have the money to spend wherever they want. So I don't know. It might it might be scary. Newcastle might be <laughs> be scary next year because I heard Cavani's probably going there. That's probably the best fit for Cavani right now. Yeah, most definitely. <clears throat> so, so obviously we talked a little bit about the pandemic before, but mm-hmm. this summer was supposed to be the Euros. Yeah. Obviously, we're not having them anymore. God. But how excited are you that we're going to have back-to-back summer tournaments in yeah. the 2021 Euros oh. and the 2022 World Cup? It's lit. Oh, my God. That's going to be amazing. So, because like, every – like I, I feel like <laughs> soccer should just be played every summer, to be honest, because – it's just a great sport that always gets people connected. You feel me? And we just to watch together. And it's what the most popular sport in the world, right? Doesn't it have like yeah. a billion or some views during the World Cup, which is it's, like, it, it's it, off the charts. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Like I just think it's a sport that keeps everybody together, and it's just it's just a great thing. All right. So you just you just said you 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 think it's a sport that keeps everybody together. I definitely agree. Yeah. Soccer. I played you know three sports in my life, and soccer has definitely been the most the sport that I had the most fun with. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to those people that, you know, say soccer is a boring sport or soccer is, you know, for, for weak guys or just for people uh, that, you know. I say that means that they never tried to play the sport or never looked into it. They would just, like, listen to the stereotype of what other people say. And they've never actually looked into the sport or experienced it. Because me, I've watched a lot of people on, like, YouTube or stuff who are, like, like Americans who've never really watched soccer who started watching and they're like, this sport is actually an amazing sport if you really get to watch it. Like, but people don't really want to watch it because they think it's boring. They don't give it a chance. So I think that's what the problem is. They don't give the sport a chance. I definitely agree. I think people write it off yeah. before they really give it a chance. But I'm not going to lie. I don't blame them for not watching the mm-hmm. MLS. Man, that mm-hmm. – we watched an <laughs> MLS game. This is how you know it's bad. I went to a New York City FC game with yeah. uh, Malcolm – there was a couple of us, but mm-hmm. literally paid $18 for front row seats behind the goal. Oh, my God. And it's like the state, even I know they play at Yankee Stadium, but yeah. it's still shocking to me that I can get tickets for that cheap. It's kind of like nobody really pays attention to it. But at, at the same time, you know, yeah, kind of kind of soccer in the United States lags behind. I think, yeah. it's like, I think that's also a big problem. It's like. The soccer here, like, people aren't – even the people who play soccer here aren't as passionate about it as they should be. Like, overseas, people who play the sport are passionate about it, and they show it. Like, you can walk around anywhere else besides America. You go out, you'll see people playing soccer somewhere, no matter what. That's like, it's just how it is, like, in other countries. Here, people don't even give the sport a chance. So I feel like the people who play here should be promoting the sport more and, like, playing more, like – People don't get as excited about the sport here as they should be getting. You feel me? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I've been waiting to ask you this question. I think this is one that's going to make you, you know, think a little hard, you know, a little bit harder. But <laughs> I want you to name two starting 11s, your best starting 11s, one with pro players and one with players you've played with in real life. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. You start with either or, whatever you want to start with. All right, I'll start with the pros. All right, so in goal, uh, we got Buffon. Uh, we're playing. We're playing a uh, four-three-three, by the way. So right, Buffon right. for right back, Roberto Carlos. He was a right back, right? Not left back. Left back. He's a left back. All right, Roberto Carlos, left back. Uh center backs. 
Vidic and Fernand, obviously. Um, for right back, I don't even know for right back. Who's a who's a great right back? A great right back. To be honest, I don't know. Philip Lom. Philip was right. a good right back. Yeah, Philip Lom was like probably one of my favorite right backs. I don't know why I forgot him. Uh, when did he retire again? Sorry, twenty. Not long ago, maybe two two years two, ago, two, yeah. two three years ago. All right, yeah. So, for my midfield, defensive mid Pirlo, uh, Skulls, and it was hard. This third one was hard for me. Xavi. Xavi. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid midfield. And for my front three, I have Messi on the right, Ronaldo on the left. And I don't even know for who for striker. I don't know. It's either Wayne or Didier. Didier, because <laughs> that man was a beast. Didier, <laughs> um, I definitely like that pick. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Didier came front because that man was an absolute beast. And who would you choose to manage that side? Uh, Pep. Pep. Definitely Pep. Solid. Solid. Definitely Pep. And for okay, in goal, you already know who's in goal. <laughs> My boy Garf. Garf. <laughs> uh center backs. For the best center backs that I play with. I don't even know. I'm gonna put Albert in there because oh yeah, Albert's solid in the back. Uh right back. You know Mike Land at Albertus, uh, I do not know Mike, but but he's in there definitely. He's a little, he's a little uh short guy, fast guy. Oh, he play, did he play Hamden? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about heart. Yeah, heart. Uh center backs. I can't think of it. I'll come back to center backs to be honest. All right. So I'm gonna go to the midfield. Um, you, Danny, and Pete Rivera from Albertus. He was the tall one that looked like the slick back hair, kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think I know who you're talking mm-hmm. about. So, yeah. I'm my front three. Am I allowed to put myself in here or no? Of course you are. <laughs> Me, Abdul, and Salah. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. You still need to fill a center back, bro. Uh, center back. Okay. Ian. Come on. You throw an arrow in there? <laughs> Come on now. Man, the most physical, you know. the most physical worst touch center back in the world, man. But look, if you get by him, he's catching up to you. <laughs> he's catching that's, up. That's so fast. He's catching up. Because look, me, I picked that too because that team would be fun as hell too. That's that's facts. <laughs> Honestly, if I if I had to go top team, I'm definitely playing a three five two. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I'm definitely going guard and goal. Mm-hmm. My boys. Will, definitely Will Foley on the right, SV in the middle, and Kuko. I'm going to throw myself in the middle. Yeah, Yeah, I'm kicking Yuli out of the middle. I'm going (laughs) to be in the middle with Blaze. And uh, Yuli can stay in the middle. Yuli can play in front of me. But me, Blaze, and Yuli definitely go in. Uh, you on the left, Abdul on the right, and I'm gonna put Danny and Salah up top. 
Yeah, that's a smart choice. They they did work. Yeah, they did work good together. Uh, Striker. And for any of my boys that are feeling hurt, definitely <laughs> know Malcolm. Every Malcolm Marcus, everybody I play with, y'all y'all on that team too. But that that's no. the starting lineup I'm gonna go with. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair starting lineup. That's decent. That is that is decent. Yeah. But all right, to wrap up this episode, I do a little thing called quarantine questions at the end. <laughs> so I got a couple little questions that you have to answer quickly. Hit me with them. All right, hoodies or sweatpants? Hoodies. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Top bins or cheeky finish? Top bins. <laughs> <laughs> Short sleeve or long sleeve? Long. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> a player you wish you could meet? Uh, Pogba. A soccer uh, or left wing or right wing? Left. You could play soccer at one stadium. What soccer? Uh, what stadium would it be? Uh, Old Trafford. Come on now. <laughs> Favorite soccer moment? Uh, does it have to be like professional or like my favorite soccer moment? Either or, give us both. Give us both. All right. Professionally, like you know, when we won the treble, uh, even though I wasn't even alive, but still, still. But for me, when we went to the, the SEC finals, that was definitely a very exciting moment for me. All right. A soccer moment you wish you could have back. SEC finals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blue Devils or Blue Devils or Falcons? Ooh, ooh, that's a hard one. Falcons right now because I'm with my brothers right now. You feel me? <laughs> all right, right all right. Favorite favorite boot? Uh, Mercurials. What color? Maybe a hot pink. Cause them drones, Those hot, yeah, them hot pink them hot ones is fire. fire. <laughs> oh my god, definitely fire, definitely fire. Yeah, I remember you pulled up in the Superflies, the hot pink ones, oh, Superfly Force. Them yep. drones is beautiful. Yeah, I wish I still had those, but I think they fell apart. On me. <laughs> they did. I remember. But that's all I got for you today, Matt. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on our of show. Of course, anytime. I wish you and Albertus the best of luck in your upcoming season. Obviously. Coronavirus pending, but I'm sure you guys will be able to get out there and play. I sure hope so. For everybody that tuned in, that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you join us for episode four next week. As far as that, I'm Ty Reeves. That's Matt French, and we'll talk to you next episode. Peace.